Okay, I want you to try again. This time you've got to say Views from the Sofa Presents. Go for it. Views from the Sofa Presents! Perfect. Hello everybody and welcome to the Wrestling Predict Cast. I am your host, Ben White, and joining me fully on the road to WrestleMania after our little stop off at Elimination Chamber before we get into the fast lane. I am joined. I left a pause there for people to be impressed with my uh, little WWE kind of gimmickry and uh, selling like a like a budget Michael Cole. Um, joining me to discuss Elimination Chamber and what's coming up next is, first of all, a man who has to be disappointed that he went audaciously last episode, not going with the card, deciding he's going to completely throw the predict cast rules out the window and boldly stated that there would be a surprise entrant they would win the Elimination Chamber. And I think you even went as far to say it was going to be Brock Lesnar. Are we disappointed, Joe? I mean, to be honest, it's not a big deal for me because <clears throat> despite you picking from you know, the more traditional approach, you were both wrong as well, I believe. Um, so actually, no, you know, you, you've got to speculate to accumulate, mate, and all that. But thank you for that build-up. <laughs> all right, fair enough then, yeah. Just, 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 I, you were wrong as well, so it's okay that I was really wrong. Okay, that sounds fair. That sounds fair as a defence. And... Um, Joining us as well um, is a man I know was massively upset that he didn't get to see Asuka versus Lacey Evans at the final pay-per-view. It's Luke. You, you, you must be disappointed as well. Yeah, I was, I was absolutely devastated about that. But, you know. <laughs> so let's get into it then. Um, it was a bit of a weird um, Elimination Chamber pay-per-view from our point of view because we had initially five matches on the card and two of them, one of them got scrapped completely and one of them got changed with the lineup, which made, which kind of avoided that result as well. Because I don't think anybody in this um, call and anybody in the world would put Morrison as a winner of the US title. So we couldn't have that as an option, unfortunately. So um, we'll start off with the big change, the uh, Asuka versus Lacey Evans, which they did announce on the pre-show was going to be changed. And Asuka was going to face somebody else. And then nothing actually happened. We didn't end up with another contender to face Asuka at all, even though they said that. Lacey Evans is legitimately pregnant, because even I wasn't sure with some of that dodgy acting skill uh, in, the, in the roar after we recorded. Um, so Asuka didn't face anybody. But I've got a kind of question coming out of that. Um, we know Bianca Belair is now facing Sasha Banks. Um, Joe, I'll go to you first. And this is a corker of a question. Who on earth is going to face Asuka at WrestleMania? Charlotte Flair. Are you happy with that? Is that not a bit dull? Uh, it is a bit dull, I think. There's, there's stuff they can bring. I think there's stuff they can bring out with that. Um, but I, yeah, I think it will be Charlotte Flair now. Yeah, it's just, a, it's just a classic, a classic match, isn't it? And they got the um, Oscar winning streak from a few years ago when Charlotte beat her. Um, so I think, that, I think, I think that's what, I think that's where they'll go with it. I don't think it will be anywhere near the top of the card. It'll just be a bit of a throwaway match, unfortunately. That's 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 what that's what I think is going to happen, unless unless we get a return. But I'm I'm reluctant to pick any. I'm, I'm reluctant to call a return. Is this not a massive highlight of how rubbish the women's division is, generally across both brands? That when Lacey Evans isn't your contender, they couldn't find someone to replace Lacey Evans at short notice. Do you know what I mean? Isn't that isn't that absolutely shocking? Like you're looking at going and and the fact that we're this close to WrestleMania. And it's probably going to be Charlotte when I'm not even convinced that's where this was going anyway. 
there's a little part of me thinking they were probably going to go Charlotte versus Lacey Evans at WrestleMania. I thought that was. I think we discussed that last time, didn't we? Or, yeah. we, we? We weren't sure quite the the, the um, timeline on that, but yeah, that would have been. But I, I I don't think it's that. I don't think the women's division is is that poor. I just think they were struggling with. So they haven't built any women for a while. I think is probably the issue. I think there's people there. You've also got to think like. If they wanted to pull the trigger on that pay-per-view to find Oscar a decent opponent, I think they could have done. So you could have you could have just thrown Rhea Ripley at the situation and it would have been great. But I don't think they wanted to do that and make those changes so close to WrestleMania. Hence why Lacey Evans was anywhere near that title shot in the first place. That's fair. I think I said in the last show, didn't I, that my prediction was that Charlotte Flair and Oscar would face a fast lane. Charlotte would win and Rhea Ripley would face Charlotte Flair at... WrestleMania, and I'm still going with that because on the last Raw, it's announced now that Rhea Ripley's turning up, so she'll be she'll be on the next episode of Raw, um, and I think that kind of sets that story up nicely. There's a bit of a uproar last year, wasn't there, when Rhea Ripley didn't retain or didn't win the NXT belt, um, so I think they'll kind of correct that, and 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 I think that's where that, I think that's what they'll take the storyline. I think I, I think Fastlane will be Charlotte Flair, Oscar, and then Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania. I'd take that. I'd take a triple threat, to be fair. I think that's probably might even be the safer option they go for, to be honest. Ask a Charlotte via Ripley triple threat. That would be a booking. That would be a, yeah. an easy way to book that through fast lane and forward. So that's fair. But I mean, the fact that you've got... I, mean, I, I, even... I completely agree with you that it's really, really poor. They couldn't just get anyone to, to have a match with her at an elimination chamber. It just seems really bizarre. The fact that they mentioned it, like you said, on the pre-show as well. And then still didn't do anything, which is a bit weird. I don't understand. You wouldn't, you wonder, because Vincent Mann's obviously got a, a habit for changing the plan literally at the last minute, just rocking up and going, you know what, I don't like that anymore. We're going to do this instead. I want to know who the person was. Because there must have been someone there that night who thought they were facing Asuka on that, on that show, even if it was pre-show. I know the pre-show ended up with a different match, which I didn't watch, um, which we'll get to in a second. But like, there must have been someone in mind there. So I'm just intrigued to see who that person was but i guess might one of those things that we'll, we'll never find out or we'll find out six months down the line when no one really cares so let's get into the actual go on then, Luke. i think it's a real shame with Asuka because she's one of my favorite women wrestlers and i feel like recently she's just been booked really poorly like every match she seems to be either be the one that's pinned to lose or i don't know just part of just part of another storyline that doesn't really involve her but just kind of like a side show and, and she's the women's champion which is just a bit weird I, I really hope they. Um, I really hope they let Asuka defend the belt. I, I really hope that what you predict in terms of Charlotte Flair winning and then facing Rhea Ripley doesn't happen because I think Oscar deserves to go to WrestleMania. I think as champion as well. To be honest, I'm sure a couple of years ago to set up the Becky Lynch versus Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte Flair random triple threat. Charlotte beat Asuka like. The week before WrestleMania, didn't she? To get the SmackDown belt. It was all on the line. Did. Yeah, yeah she did. Great. And it was really grim on Oscar. So I just really hope they don't do that again. I feel like she's done enough this year to justify having a WrestleMania match. Well, whenever we've discussed in the past who you, who who's top of the women's division in WWE, she's in the conversation every single time. Yeah. Four horsewomen and her. That's always been the conversation. And she's just never... She, she, and it never feels like whenever, even when she wins the belt, it never feels like it's booked properly. So you're right behind her. It just feels like, oh, Asuka's ended up with the belt, which is, which is fine. But you never really feel like she's in the middle of a really 
great story. It just kind of feels like we've got nowhere else to put the belt. Ask is a safe pair of hands. Let's give it to her. What? And I think what? it's really bad that the three of us are all guessing, I'd say, that if Asuka is in that main event for the women's, or in WrestleMania for whatever match this is, she ain't coming out with that belt, is she? There's no, you know, she's not coming out of the belt from WrestleMania, the champion. And that's, again, a kind of sad state of affairs for her. She's not having much luck, is she, with um, her parents getting pregnant? Oh, what, Becky Lynch, you're pregnant? Oh, you get the belt. <laughs> no, that was, that, was, that was when it was really lucky. He goes, you can have my belt, I'm pregnant. All right, fair enough, then I'll take that. Are we gonna, are we just, I'm just going to go off on a slight tangent and just say how no. how how relieved they've they've uh, WWE have managed to extract themselves from what was an awful storyline with Ric Flair. I thought the, the 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 it wasn't really a promo. The conversation between Rick and Charlotte was so random. Um, like imagine like having that conversation with your dad. Um, was such a random, but at least at least we we know it's not happening, and they've also made it clear that Ric Flair is not the father. Which why are we even <laughs> like? But but I just it just got the impression that like did like Lacey Evans tell them she was pregnant like fifteen minutes before? Yeah. Or because there's no like it was just so poorly written. Yeah. I, and then Ric Flair like celebrating it like like a creepy old man. It was I just devastated, isn't he? Like he had a storyline there for six months. Nine, nine months, man. <laughs> They'll, keep <bringing> <laughs> They'll keep bringing him back, though. That's the thing. They need to send... I know Charlotte keeps going, go home. That's exactly what he should be doing. Yeah. Because I he can't remember promos. He's not convincing when he delivers the promos because he's trying desperately to remember every single line. And just watching him trying to be the old Ric Flair, it gets worse and worse and sadder and sadder every single time you see him. Yeah. And for Charlotte, as much as it's the story, it's also true that she just needs to have her dad not around for half the time she's wrestling, being involved in what she's doing. I feel like we've been saying, I feel like this storyline's played out for about eight years now. Yeah. I I was a teenager when this this started. (laughs) (laughs) Some very dodgy math you're giving yourself there. Um, Okay, let's move off of uh, Charlotte, Ric Flair, Asuka, Lacey Evans, all these matches that didn't occur. Um, let's go for a match that did occur and then the the following, kind of looking at two matches. Did any of the three of us watch the pre-show? No. Luke's shaking his head. Joe? Um, I always skip through it. Um, did we all realise Morrison was part of the triple threat as he entered, as he came down the ramp and then wondered how he got there, what was happening, and then had to listen to the commentary explain that he was part of the match, like I did? So you yeah. only found out he was part of the US triple threat when he, when he appeared at the top of the ramp and you wondered where's Keith Lee? They might, yeah. as well have, they might as well have said Morrison's here to take the pin. Like, as he's coming out, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so the pre-show match, we'll just mention it anyway in case people wonder how this happened, was Morrison, Ricochet, Mustafa Ali and Elias. Um, and then obviously Morrison ends up winning it and that was for the um, spot that Keith Lee had to vacate um, in that match. My question to you two is, first of all, out of those four... The worst person went through, right? Like, out of those four, I mean, you might argue Elias. And second of all, out of those four, is there someone you would have preferred? So, Joe, is there someone you would have preferred out of those four? You keep saying those four. That's Morrison, Ricochet, Mustafa Ali, and Elias. Yeah, any of them. (laughs) (laughs) But my my question on it is, why don't they just, like, what's what's wrong with the old battle royal? Like, just 
do just do a just do a how many people have we got in the back? Just chuck them out and we'll just see how they get on. Doesn't matter. It's only gonna be ten minutes, fifteen people or whatever. Give the um, Lucha House Party and Tucker something to do. All good. I, I, I can understand why they gave it John Morrison though because it plays into the storyline with Bobby Lashley. Yeah. It? Because of, because he That's took the pin for Bobby Lashley to lose the belt. So then Bobby Lashley wanted to obviously make up for that. So yeah, that's fair. I mean, I think we're giving them far too much credit. <laughs> there is no way that when Morrison was thrown into this triple threat, that was meant to be the outcome on Raw the next day. No, that. I mean, when me. they did start telling that story, uh, I did actually think that's solid writing. Like that's actually a bit of writing with a bit of depth. It matters, but there is absolutely no way that they, they, they just I, gives them too much credit. But the thing for me is. They're just not, and we'll get into it when we talk about the um, the the McIntyre match. They're just not building any new stars at all. And matches like this are where you should definitely be building new stars, throwing people in here. So Riddle finally comes out with a belt, and you know it's it's a solid enough result. But you know Morrison is a poor choice there when Ricochet and Ali are brilliant wrestlers. So you could have done something there, and you could have had a proper good showing. But I guess you're right. Long term, it kind of makes sense with, with the story that goes the next day. So we get Lashley versus Keith, uh, not versus Keith Lee, Lashley versus Morrison versus Riddle. Um, pretty solid match, I think. And then it ends up that Lashley gets knocked out the ring by Morrison, who then takes the pin from Riddle and Riddle walks out with a belt with a, with a fuming Lashley, who will appear later and, and we'll talk about that. Um, what do you think of the match, Luke? And what do you think of the outcome? Yeah, I thought it was a decent match. I thought I quite like the fact that, like, I think since I've been watching, this is the best Bobby Lashley's looked for me. They're kind of making him look a bit unstoppable. So even though he lost his belt here, he still looked unstoppable and still looked really good out of it. Um, so yeah, I think it was the right result. I'm glad. That, I'm glad that they gave it to Matt Riddle. Um, sorry, just Riddle, not Matt. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it was the right decision. Um, I thought it was a decent match. Like it wasn't. It wasn't an excellent match, but it was decent. What about you, Joe? Agree. Uh, yeah, I I agree. I think um, I think the whole the whole premise of this was to make, to get the belt off Lashley so they could push him to the next uh, to the world title without making him look um, without making him look weak. And, and in, in hindsight, had we have thought about the, their insist well, I suppose we didn't know, but their insistence on a triple threat even when Keith Lee got injured was is quite obvious that Bobby Lashley was not going to end up with the belt. I suppose the question there is: Does that mean that Riddle would have pinned Keith Lee? I that was that was going to be my that was going to be the next question I was going to ask you guys. Do we think this was the? I mean, I mean that's what the whole podcast is about: is what do we think the outcome was supposed to be? But it seems weird to think Riddle pins Keith Lee. But then again, I, I I suppose the clever thing to do from there, if Lashley was moving up, is then you've got Keith Lee versus Riddle for the US title into fast lane. So that's a great program. That's really good. That's a solid feud. So I guess it. it yeah, I guess it wouldn't have made it would make more sense for Riddle to pin Keith Lee, I think. And we're saying that they're not developing people, and that is, I think that's overall a fair statement. But I feel they are trying a bit with Keith Lee, like intermittently. They, they kind of they, they kind of push the button and then pull away again. And the same with Riddle as well. Um, but yeah, I, I'm yeah. I think this is I think this is the right decision. Get off Bobby Lashley, push into the world title. As Luke says, it's never been pushed this hard before. Uh, and have and have a good mid card feud between Keith Lee and Matt Riddle going into WrestleMania. Do we know? I've missed this. If not, and it might be really obvious for you guys. Do we know why Keith Lee's out at the minute? 
Has anything been said? I've not heard anything or spotted anything about why he's out. No, I don't know. No, I don't understand because he, he's, he's been in shows, in promos, hasn't he? But he hasn't yeah. wrestled for a while. Okay. Well, let's hope that he's back yeah. for Fastlane and Mania because I... I really, I really rate him, and he's the kind of future star that we need to make sure they're building. Um, okay, we'll have a look at the SmackDown chamber first because it's got slightly less ramifications and, and storyline potential um, than the Raw one ended up having. It opened the show, which I know we spoke about last time, saying that if this chamber opens the show, then the follow-up match between the winner and Roman Reigns would end the show. Not quite seeing it go in the way that it went, which is fair enough. That's when wrestling's at its best. So it was Owens versus Daniel Bryan versus Cesaro versus Sami Zayn versus Baron Corbin or King Corbin versus Jey Uso in the Elimination Chamber. Um, both me and Luke said Cesaro was going to win because of the recent build he's been having, and I was pretty set on that. I was pretty certain on that. Um, Joe said it was going to be a returnee from outside somewhere that was going to replace, hoping that it would be Bobby Lashley, um, not Bobby Lashley, hoping it would be um, Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. Um, and in the end, it was fairly obviously, considering that everybody else's predictions on the PredictCast form, Daniel Bryan. So Daniel Bryan got the win, having been the first entrant, if you can call it that, from the beginning. Um, and then he would go on to face Roman Reigns, which we'll talk about in a second. Before we get in there, what did we think of the actual Elimination Chamber match? And what do we think of the decision that Bryan wins? Joe? Um, I thought it was really. I thought that was it was the match of the night um, for me. The first elimination chamber. Um, gutted about the lack of a returnee. If I'm if I'm totally honest, I, until the until the very end. Obviously, we'll talk, talk about that later. Um, not a lot happened in. There wasn't like a lot of storyline build from this. I didn't. I didn't think. I was. I, and we'll come on to the raw one. But I, I feel like for both the raw and the SmackDown one. Some of the stuff they could have done, or that like, and, and some of the stuff that seemed pretty obvious, like for example, the fiend, like you just n- nothing, nothing happened, nothing happened um, to progress the storylines. I didn't think, um, but in terms of the actual wrestling match quality, I thought this was, I thought the SmackDown Elimination Chamber was the best match of the night. You're, I'm going to throw this. I'm going to keep this question for you, Joe, because you'll you'll have more experience of it. Where do you think it rates against the Elimination Chambers? Because in my opinion, I thought it was fairly. Like, not rubbish, but just considering what they've done in Elimination Chambers before, both of them were just fairly mediocre. They were just matches where the gimmick was happening around it. It didn't really, it didn't feel like they made full advantage of the fact it was Elimination Chamber. I don't know about you. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I am increasingly worried now that they are going to do what you predicted last uh, podcast and just basically get through this WrestleMania and build for, build to the next year. I just feel that's such a waste, and I think it doesn't treat the fans particularly well, to be honest. Um, but it, the more that I'm watching, the more I think they're not they're not they're not fully invested in it at the moment. They're not they're not putting the trigger on big angles and big returns and things. If you know if we're gonna get a Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre potentially WrestleMania match, then they're the people that have been there the whole year round. There's not there's not, I think it needs more. We need more at the moment. I I believe. What did you think of the Elimination Chamber, Luke? You're uh, happy with a Daniel Bryan win? I know, obviously, it didn't go the way we thought it would go, but if that's the alternative, happy with the alternative and, and, and where it went? Yeah, so, so like Joe, I agree. I think it was probably the best match of the night. Um, 
And yeah, I think Daniel Bryan winning was a was a, was a fair outcome. It had, it had to be one of the faces, didn't it? Really, it wouldn't have made sense for one of the heels to win it. So it was a fair outcome from that perspective. I just still, I mean, I know I predicted Cesaro winning, but it just felt like to me it should have been Cesaro's night a little bit. Like I don't know, since I've been watching it, um, he hasn't really been given a big push. But I've always felt he's been a really solid wrestler and kind of deserves that chance. So I thought it was a really good, real good opportunity. Being it was going to be a squash next anyway just to kind of give him that win in, in the Chamber match. Um, so I was a bit disappointed with that, I think. But, yeah, I was still happy with the outcome. Boxing fans, you don't want dull stats. You don't want so-called experts. You want a boxing podcast by fans for the fans. You want From the Canvas, a boxing podcast you'd make with your boxing mates but don't have to because we have. From the Canvas, download or stream wherever you get your podcasts. So then following Daniel Bryan's win of the um, SmackDown Elimination Chamber match, uh, Roman Reigns comes out immediately, which I didn't think any of us expected. I thought he thought it'd be a bit more of a competitive match. But Roman Reigns comes out immediately, goes down the ramp. Pretty much, even though he gets a little bit of opposite uh, of offence, he uh, pretty much wipes out Daniel Bryan. And then as he's celebrating on the, uh, on the corner, Edge appears and spears uh, Roman Reigns, points to Roman Reigns, points to the WrestleMania sign and leaves. And in the worst piece of commentary I think I've ever seen, Michael Cole says, I wonder if that means that Edge has chosen Roman Reigns for WrestleMania. Only for Corey Graves to go, that's obviously what it means, Michael Cole. (laughs) So I don't think there's much to say about Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns. I think I'll throw it over to you first, Luke. But I think the key really is, are we happy that, Edge is facing Roman Reigns at um, WrestleMania. And then obviously that Daniel Bryan's potentially facing Roman Reigns at Fastlane. So uh, what do we think, Luke? What do we think of the way this story developed? Yeah, I think it made sense. So as much as it made the Elimination Chamber match before it, like, basically inconsequential, you know, um, it kind of, you know, but it does add to Roman Reigns, you know, being a bit of a horrible man. Um and then, you know, yeah, I think it makes sense. The Edge came out at the end and you know, I think it played well into the storyline. Obviously, the SmackDown before, they had a bit of a to-do, didn't they? So, you know, obviously he's came out all pissed off and, and done that. So, yeah, it, it, it makes sense. Um, and the, the Daniel Bryan thing is just a bit of a filler, isn't it, until then? So there's no way, you know, that he's ever going to beat Roman Reigns. Or even if it, if it is, a, I, don't, I don't think it's going to be a singles match, to be honest, at Fastlane. I think it'll be some sort of tag match or something with... Uso and maybe even Edge. I don't know. Who knows? But um, yeah, I think I think it made sense. To be honest, fair enough. Do you agree, Joe? Happy with the outcome? Happy with Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns potentially at Fastlane? Um, yeah, I think I, I think they should do Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan at Fastlane. I think that would be a good. I think that would be. A, I think that would be a good main event for that show. Um, with Roman Reigns winning ultimately, obviously. Um, yeah, it, it, I agree with Luke. The inconsequential statement is bang on, really. It's like we've 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 spent forty minutes of your time watching Elimination Chamber, where the match, the 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 result of that match is sort of irrelevant. Two minutes later, yeah. um, and those six have all battered their bodies, um, really for the only for the betterment of the Roman Reigns character slash edge reveal moment so it's a bit like it's a bit it's a bit tough to take um but yeah so i, w- I was i was 
yeah, it's a bit underwhelming, I thought, the, the sort of aftermath. I'm gutted because if they've got crowds back in that stadium, which I think they're aiming for, particularly after the NFL did it for the Super Bowl mm. only a couple of weeks ago or whatever it was, um, there is absolutely no way that Edge is not winning that second night, that main event, and having the fireworks going off, the crowd cheering. And Roman Reigns is my wild card, so he's not going to win at WrestleMania, which I'm really gutted about. To be the first time in forever, won't it? But like, yeah. So, um, Edge, Edge is. I think Edge is coming out with this. Should be a good match. But I mean, they've built Roman Reigns really well to the fact where he's not the kind of heel you don't want to see. He's not a Baron Corbin where you're just like, oh God, shut up, go away. But he is the kind of heel that you cannot wait for someone to beat him. And if he manages to do the same to Daniel Bryan again, like he did to Kevin Owens, all those um, matches, you're just going to be desperate for Edge to beat him. And that's why I think. You've got to let Edge do it. You've got to have Edge beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania for that great feel-good, crowds are back, everyone's cheering moment. Edge is starting to annoy me slightly at the moment because he he's not wrestling, but he's on every show. Like, <laughs> just, like stop turning up to things. It's like, it's it, and it was really, it, it just, that's just starting to bug me a little bit. Like, I, I, he's, he's sort of a part-timer that then goes to every, he's a part-time wrestler that's on every show. But I don't he's think he made a point to uh, Corey Graves that he wasn't going to be a, when Corey Graves does the uh, it's the um, after the bell isn't it that podcast he yeah. said he made a point to Corey Graves I'm not going to be a part time wrestler though that his intention is he's coming back on a regular contract basis but then the second part of that is WrestleMania is this is your main event I wouldn't have Edge anywhere near a ring until until he faces Roman Reigns because he's got to you've got to believe he's susceptible to an injury. I just I wouldn't have him anywhere near. I wouldn't do it either. I understand why WWE won't have him in that ring. But I would then fight. Then he doesn't need to be on every show. He doesn't like he turned up at NXT as well one week. Like he's yeah. literally on. He's yeah. literally on. He's on three times a week some weeks, but not wrestling. We in the wrestling show. Hopefully now he's chosen. That won't happen because <laughs> there's no reason for him to now be on the other shows, is there? Yeah, that's true. Is he now signed to SmackDown or is he still just doing whatever he wants? They'll have him doing whatever he wants. Right. So. I'd say I'd say for the drawing in the ratings, but the NXT rating for Edge being on the show wasn't good. It didn't make a, a, an absolute ounce of difference Edge being on that show whatsoever. So it, it, every, it's not even for that. Because they're seeing him like twice a week, every week, and he's not wrestling. He's just talking. Ooh, which one should I pick? Well, we know you're going to pick Roman Reigns. So you don't need to keep rocking up constantly. That's fair. Though, uh, I, though after this one, I'm I, I'm actually going to argue that they've they might have made the wrong choice. I think they've booked the wrong main event for WrestleMania, and uh, we'll we'll talk about why now because the Raw Chamber was for the um, WWE Championship. McIntyre had to defend against Sheamus, AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy. Was going to be the Miz, and then signposting the fact that he was definitely going to cash in. They switched the Miz out and put Kofi Kingston in there instead. And then obviously Randy Orton um, took that last spot as well. Um, this was fairly decent, fairly decent um, elimination chamber. You're right, it wasn't as good as the other one. But looking at the competitors in it, you kind of see why it wasn't as good as the other one, I think. Um, I think the main fact is that every single person that was in this match is over 40. Mm. So... I don't think we were really going for a uh, going for a stellar athletic super um, build of new stars with this one, were we? Um, but it did end up that McIntyre got the win in the end. Before we talk about the aftermath, let's just have a quick 
talk about the actual elimination chamber. Um, anything of note to say, Joe? Happy with the elimination chamber? Do you think it went well? Decent match. Happy with the outcome? Um, I thought it was a bit crap again. To be honest, it it was a, it was a it was a decent enough chamber. It was just a shame that they didn't do anything for any of the other competitors. Like, if, in fact, if you look at it now. Like all, there's like no benefit of being in elimination chamber for any of the six competitors that were in the chamber, which is a bit is a bit rubbish, I think. Um, just feel like they could they could have progressed storylines. Um, there was opportunities with like like I say with Randy Orton to do something. There's the Sheamus and Drew apparent friendship that they've had for the whole life, even though they've only seen it on TV for about the last four months. Um, <laughs> there's Kofi who was feuding with Retribution at the time, and why didn't they? They could have done something with that. You know, like, there's so many. I, I thought they might do something with Kofi and um, Mustafa Ali, given that Mustafa Ali always says that Kofi, he, that, you know, the Kofi mania was his was his opportunity before he got injured. I just, there's just, there was so many things they could have done. And again, like six people in the Elimination Chamber and none of them have benefited from it. Agree, Luke? Disagree? Yeah, I kind of agree. I mean, there's not much more to add, really. Um like Joe said, I thought it was a bit of a slow, slow match. Um, not really much build storyline for anyone, and you and you and, and you kind of could guess what was coming, you know. So, and I'm sure we'll talk about that now. <laughs> well, before I talk about that, this is exactly what I was talking about of not building stars because I think they missed a massive opportunity here. Because if you're going to have McIntyre defend the belt and the outcome be what it ends up being, right? Why not fill this full of high mid card wrestlers? Why not? And I know, obviously, Riddle wins the belt later and Keith Lee didn't. But people like Keith Lee would be perfect in this match. People like Riddle would have been perfect in this match. People that you want to have a really good show in to show the fans and show everybody else that these are the guys that are the big stars later. These are the ones that can put on impressive matches, that can do something different, have them have really good showings, kind of like Kofi Mania last year or, or two years ago, whatever it was. You know, the fact that they've put in all of these people who are now all at the end of their careers, who don't need title shots, should be putting other people over, and this is absolutely going nowhere for any of them. Like, this doesn't build to any other feud afterwards whatsoever. And, you know, even the ready-made one, like you said, The Fiend could have shown up and cost Orton this. They didn't even bother to do stuff like that. It just... And then, obviously, they've got themselves a bit of a problem that what happens afterwards is The Miz runs in... uh, Sorry, no, Bobby Lashley runs in after the chamber's been raised. Bobby Lashley runs in... He absolutely wipes out McIntyre, beats him down even further. Then the Miz runs in. It takes two of the Miz's finishes, but he pins McIntyre and he raises the uh, WWE Championship and he ends up leaving the WWE Champion um, with a successful cash-in. What do we think of that, Luke? Are we happy that the Miz is now the WWE Champion and seemingly is going to be facing Bob well is going to be facing Bobby Lashley on Raw on Monday as the, the his first defense. Um no, I'm not happy that Miz is the champion. <laughs> but I, why I, why why are you not happy with the Miz, Luke? <laughs> well, I sure that's the point, right? You meant to hate it. Um that's the whole point of being a heel and I suppose the whole point of doing it on this show at the very end is because you want to, you know, they're in, doing the business of getting people to tune into Monday Night Raw the next day, aren't they? So, and that's, I think we said it at the time, you know, can't wait to watch Raw, um, so what happens. So, um, yeah, I, th- I just, it's, it's just, I just hope he doesn't hold it to WrestleMania. I hope it's just like a temporary couple of weeks thing. I, I hope Bobby Lashley takes it off at Fastlane, and then it's Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania. But 
I don't know. Who knows? So you don't see Lashley taking off him on Monday? No, I think it'll be disqualification again. I think they'll drag that storyline out to a fast line. Because the thing for me, and, and, and where's McIntyre playing to this then? Because now McIntyre's got three, because he wasn't even on Raw, which shocked no. me. The fact that he didn't even show up, and he's your star. Um, yeah, I mean, do you think McIntyre's just got something else? Do you do McIntyre versus Sheamus at Fastlane, and then he re-injects himself, or do you have him around this belt as well? I mean, what are your thoughts, Luke? How are you fantasy booking that one? Yeah, I think so. I think exactly that. I think it'll be Sheamus McIntyre that, you know, th- th- that's the storyline we thought they were going down anyway, like Joe said. Um, you know, they've been friends forever. Um, <laughs> I was wondering about that because I don't actually know that, do I? But that, you know, that's how it's been played to me. So they've been friends forever. Um, um, yeah, I, I, I can see them doing that. They'll do that fast lane, maybe do some sort of no DQ match or some sort of street fight or I don't know, one of these weird matches and then. Then, um, yeah, getting back involved to WrestleMania. So, Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania seems to be the direction they're going. Yeah. That WrestleMania worthy, Joe? Um, not really. They've got they've got time. They've got time. I mean, this goes back to the are they just kind of limping? Are they just kind of limping through? Um, in this WrestleMania and hoping that we can get crowds back next year. It seems like they could be if that, this is the way they're going. I think I think Luke's right. I think you would have the Miz and Bobby Lashley go to a disqualification of some uh, of of some means, and I think it would be Drew McIntyre coming back and probably claymoring both of them um, during the match is probably what I would what I would suggest. I also wondered if, given it's fast lane, and that's like the whole point is like on the like the last chance, whatever last stop to WrestleMania, whatever, whether. After Drew McIntyre comes in and kicks in the head Bobby Lashley and um, uh, the Miz, whether then Sheamus comes out and Bro kicks McIntyre, and the way we the way we handle all this shenanigans is we have Miz versus Bobby Lashley at Fastlane and Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre for the number one contender, and then you end up with Lashley versus McIntyre. Uh, as the two winners of those matches that then leads into WrestleMania, that's what I would. That's what I would do. That's decent. Yeah, and I take that, but I still think McIntyre versus Lashley is nowhere near what they need for WrestleMania. And this is where I think they booked it wrong. This is where I think if they didn't have someone set up for McIntyre, they should have had Edge challenge McIntyre, and they should have built Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns. They're your two main events of WrestleMania if this is a situation we're going to put in. Because as much as I said that I don't think Brock Lesnar's coming back, that is the only match they've got now that would make sense for McIntyre that would actually be worthwhile because there is nobody else. And I don't think they've made they've built Lashley anywhere near enough. And I don't think another month and a bit is going to be enough for you to go, oh, I cannot wait to see McIntyre versus Lashley at WrestleMania. It's just It, it just seems really weak, particularly because we've already seen it as well. This isn't even the first time they've met. I think he's already defended his belt against Lashley back um, the middle of last year. So it just seems really underwhelming considering you've got massive matches on the other side of the card on SmackDown and, you know, Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns. And we all picked Daniel Bryan for the Royal Rumble. We all thought that's where this was going to go before Edge took it. That's WrestleMania worthy. The ultimate face versus the, the worst heel the company's got is great. And then Edge versus McIntyre is a decent story. So I just think they've booked it so poorly. Um, 
But it's like Joe said, I think they're kind of limping to the end. They're kind of limping past now and they're just going to, let's get this WrestleMania done and let's move past it. Because I was also thinking today, the card, there's no major kind of other big matches on the card, really. No, that's a worry, isn't it? You've got Autumn Fiend, but they haven't got Undertaker. I mean, we don't know they've got Autumn Fiend. We assume that's what's coming. There's obviously no Undertaker match. There doesn't seem to be a Triple H match. Um, there's no other, like you said, big returnees unless they decide to throw in a Lynch or a um, Ronda Rousey. But I think you save one of those for the Raw after WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, I, what's what's the other must-see matches on this card? There's just at the minute they've got two for me, and that is Reigns and um, Bel Air. Go on, Luke. Well, Bad Bunny. You know, he could be fine. <laughs> he could be facing someone. Now. But he's bad bunny. He's bad. Bad bunny versus Booker T. I'd actually be all right to see. Actually, to be fair, <laughs> I think Booker T could still go. He, he looks like he could. Oh, um, 100%. Is bad bunny soon going to be the longest reigning? Like, have the twenty four seven for the longest amount of time? Because our truth loses it every week, then regains it. How long's any anyone actually held it for? Because he's had it now for what two weeks without losing it. I think the longest. I think the longest reigning must have been Gronk. Um, because didn't, you know, when Rob Gronkowski won it last WrestleMania, yeah. and then about two weeks later, they went, he went, oh, actually, I want to go back to the NFL. And then they just had no idea of how to get that back off him because then COVID struck. And um, do you not remember? Like, they had to. Yeah, I do. Now you've said it. I do, absolutely. Like, R Truth dressed as a gardener, rolling him up in his back garden. <laughs> I think I think Bad Bunny could be could be the guy who has it the longest. That could be where it's going because the minute he loses it, he's gone. Obviously, and I'm surprised he's still here. To be honest, we've we've got to, to answer your question though, Ben. But to talk seriously about the um, the matches, we have got a lot of you know that's what I'm all about here. Talking seriously, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So, sorry to go on a tangent, Joe. I know how much you're against those. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> filthy mate. Um, what well, we have got a lot of pieces still to kind of slot into place because I can't see WrestleMania happening without Seth Rollins having a match for example Daniel Bryan will be having a match at WrestleMania I would think um, there's going to be some kind of laddery spot fest isn't there it's in it so, that'll be a good match by the way Seth Rollins Daniel Bryan yeah that'll be, that'll, that'll, be, that'll be better than Drew McIntyre Bobby Lashley yes it would <laughs> the, the, the problem the, what what's the worry for me is is we're six weeks out from WrestleMania now and I can't even see and we've got a pay-per-view in three weeks and then, and then the WrestleMania three weeks after that, and I haven't even seen like the seeds of some of these matches. Like, who is Seth Rollins facing at WrestleMania? Cesaro. You reckon that's what it's going to be? Well, that's- I think that's Fastlane. I asked got Fastlane written yeah. all over it because that's the problem. Yeah. We've got we, they've done this thing where they book too many pay per views too close to each other. So now we've got to try and build some sort of card for Fastlane before we can build the card for Mania. Because the problem they usually have, to be fair is by Elimination Chamber, I'd say out of the usual 18 matches they have at Mania, we know what the top five are going to be. And then they have this situation where they've got the top five matches, all their biggest stars are in those matches, but they've also got a pay-per-view or two to book. So you end up with these little detour and decoy matches around. And you kind of go, well, these matches don't mean anything because we know the top five matches are going to be this. The equivalent of Brian versus... Roman Reigns at Fastlane. You know Roman Reigns ain't going to lose that because Edge versus Roman Reigns is the Mania match and it's bigger. Yeah. But the problem we've got this year is 
they could book Daniel Bryan versus Seth Rollins. They could book um, any great match, but there's no story. We don't yeah. care. You don't. You're not chomping at the bit to see these matches. They're just great matchups. But they do that on SmackDown all the time. Yeah, that's, you know that's no equivalent. That all all the matches we're going to see are Raw and SmackDown matches that we get all year yeah. round. Did do, do we have fast? I can't remember Fastlane last year. It was just, did they have it last year or not? I can't remember. I think did we it? did. Yeah, I think we definitely definitely had a Fastlane last year. I'd say so. So I say is, is this a problem every year that this this pay per view is too close to WrestleMania, yeah. basically? Yes. They have they because they have they have stopped the uh, I think we talked about it before they have stopped the pay per view kind of gimmick of roadblock fast lane you know all the rest of it where it was all to do with road to WrestleMania but fast lane is always the final stop before you get there and it's always a uh, you know will this person's actual title defense be up there or someone puts their Royal Rumble claim up for for grabs or something like that that you know is not going to be the case so it, it it you end up with a situation where it's just a pay per view for pay per view's sake because. WWE have got contract for 15 or something stupid like that. You know, they've, they've got these these pay-per-views. They've obviously made an agreement or decided they need to have here to sell their network numbers or now Peacock numbers, which it'll be in America. So, yeah, it's 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 a bit of a, a random one for WrestleMania, really, because it's just not shaping up to be, for me anyway, I don't think it's shaping up to be this big stellar event that we'd usually be really excited for this time of year. No, two, two days of it as well. Yeah. Yeah. If you look at all the tag division as well, I can't I can't think of any storylines there. Apart from the, the, the Street Profits and Ziggler and Rude. I mean, how boring is that? Exactly. They're, they're just, this is what the problem is. Is where's the, where's the stars? Where's the stories? Where's all these great things that you could build to? You know, Cesaro chasing the championship spot because he's never been up that high would be a great story. And, I, you know... I don't know what you're on about, mate, because did you not watch SmackDown this week? Did you not see what, what Apollo Crews is going on now? Now, I wasn't sure whether we were going to get onto this. I didn't know if we'd have time to talk about Paula Cruz. Um, God, explain it. Explain it for the audience, mate. Oh God. Okay. This. This. I'm just going to go out and say it. This has got to be an example of a load of white blokes writing a promo for a black guy, right? Because they had him out there wearing Nigerian colours, talking about his Nigerian heritage that he's never mentioned before in the time that I'm aware of. But then again, usually when Paula Cruz speaks, I zone out anyway. Um, and then three quarters of the way through his promo. And I didn't imagine this, did I? Three quarters of the way through his promo, he started putting on a Nigerian accent. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. Now, it goes that can't be the way forward for Apollo could, Crews. That's well, not what I, you could, Well, I, I, actually, I actually prefer this Apollo Crews to the other Apollo Crews. But I, I actually think... This didn't he, he, he said it, but he said something. He said, like, I'm going to speak, like, in my native tongue. Didn't, or, is it, or something like that. He said, I'm going to speak, like... Speak like how they'll understand me in Nigeria, but then he spoke English with a Nigerian accent. Not a good one. Not no. a good Nigerian. You know, it wasn't like you went, oh God, oh, clearly he's Nigerian. It was, you're just looking at it going, I, I, whenever I think about promos like this, I just think about the conversation they had earlier that day when he went into the writer's room and they sat him down and they said, we've got it, Apollo. We know how to make you the biggest heel in the company. Okay. We're going to make you Nigerian and we'd like you to practice your Nigerian accent for the next four hours before you go live on TV. Like, what do you do if you're Apollo Crews there? You can't imagine he signed off on this. <laughs> he went, yep, yeah, this is it. This is how you're going to make me interesting. I've got, I've got, I've got, a, I've got a theory on, on, on Apollo Crews. Go on then. It's a bit, it's a bit out there, but it's a, it's a good one. This is how I'd book that storyline, right? Turns out the reason why Apollo came and did that promo is because he got an email 
right? All, he, <laughs> <laughs> all he's got to do is send his credit card details and he will be in for a fortune from his granddad um, in Nigeria. He didn't know that he had family over there, but he's had an email and now he's, he's confident that's the case. I am going to add a layer to that story. He does it. He sends the money. He finds out he's been scammed by a really money-grabbing rich guy called Cameron Grimes over on NXT. <laughs> and now NXT, Cameron Grimes versus Apollo Crews, there's your WrestleMania, there's your story. <laughs> there you go. It writes itself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, be, it, it is already better than what they've written. Yeah, it is. Oh, I just, is he going to do this? Is he going to do this, Nigeria? Or is it going to be that that's how he switches his promo? He speaks in his normal accent and then he goes now for my Nigerian fans <laughs> and then he starts speaking with that mock Nigerian accent I can't how are you going to be taken seriously I mean what, 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 what Nigerian fans watching that are thinking <laughs> not much <laughs> when they went to Asia they put the belt on Jinder Mahal and when they've come over to Europe or come over to Britain at least they put the belt on British people so they get the cheer and the big pop it's not like they're going to Nigeria anytime soon, is it? It's not like there's, unless, unless there's some big fan base over there they've just discovered and they're thinking, right, well, you know, we've got to create a Nigerian character and obviously Apollo Crews fits the bill. I just yeah. don't get it. I don't know what Nigeria's COVID restrictions are about live audiences. Maybe that's the solution. <laughs> so WrestleMania this year is a big shock. Uh, WrestleMania in Nigeria this year. WrestleMania versus McIntyre. Right then, I think the best thing to do is to finish with the league. Um, there was very little movement, very little movement. Um, one big kind of positional change. You've got me and Luke now joint bottom with 36. You've got Joe totting up next with 41. Um, Tom managed to get Daniel Bryan and everything else right. Daniel, Everything else that could be right. So he got himself um, a magical three points, got himself 42 uh, in the end. So he's overtaken Joe. Kaz got 44, and Dave's at the top with 46. Fast lane, better have at least five matches so we can start clawing it back away from, from these non-predict cast team members. Um, so we'll see. So fast lane's in three weeks, is it? Two, three weeks. So you'll have an episode from us in about two weeks where you guys can take us on because obviously we are the competition. We're the people to beat. Ben, can I ask you, does that mean we, we are in the bottom three places? We are the bottom three places of our league of six. Yes, absolutely. And I've and I've found a way to push this league to make it even bigger for next series, next season, which is in like a month's time. I've I've got plans as a way to make this bigger, and I'm really worried that when we have a legitimate massive league, that we might still be the bottom three, because we will be the only ones with wild cards. I'm putting it all down to wild cards, but I think that might end up being the way this. Uh... Maybe we should just stop having wild cards, man. <laughs> <laughs> There could be an argument for it. There could be an argument for us not having wild cards, but that might be a conversation we have to have another time. Um, to get involved in the conversation, come find us on Twitter and Facebook at PredictCast. Make sure you are subscribing. Make sure you are following or whatever you need to do to make sure you get this podcast the minute we publish it and record it. Um, because we have got Fastlane, and then after that, it's WrestleMania. It is the finale of this season. It is the end of this PredictCast league. And uh, any hope of, I mean, we're putting it all on Joe to win this league for the PredictCast team, to be honest with you. We're not even competitors anymore. We're just trying to find a way to make sure that Dave from the, that movie, this podcast, doesn't win it. So there we go. There we go, guys. 
pretty downbeat ending to the uh, podcast, but we'll see where things go. And uh, I will see you at Fast Lane. Thank you very much. I'm going to go and watch Apollo Cruises. Probably most cheer myself up. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, mate. Bye. Good place for the advert, I suppose. That that makes life easier for me. Yeah, I've, I've also retired the uh, Dominic Dijakovic advert now. No, Why? it's a bit it's a bit weak. He's not been in NXT for six months. Exactly. He's not been in WWE for six months technically. Well, I'm I'm, I'm I am devastated by that. To be honest, <laughs> it is a shame that literally as soon as you had it, yeah, and he then moved to Retribution, which is one of the worst things that have happened. And when and, he comes and, back and changed his name. Yeah. When he comes back, which he will, when he becomes Dijakovic again, we can we can just we can bring it back out of retirement. But for now, we'll, uh... work as well because it'll be the he'll be back in NXT as well. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then let's get on with this. <clears throat> oh yeah, clear throat, Luke. That's good. Get them dulcet tones. That can make that can make the edit.